Section 38 of the Book of Household Management. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of Household Management by Isabella Beaton. Recipes. Chapter 17, Part 2. The following is from Morton's Cyclopaedia of Agriculture and will be found fully worthy of the high character of that publication. Curing of Hams and Bacon, 822. The carcass of the hog, after hanging overnight to cool, is laid on a strong bench or stool, and the head is separated from the body at the neck, close behind the ears. The feet and also the internal fat are removed. The carcass is next divided into two sides in the following manner. The ribs are divided about an inch from the spine on each side, and the spine, with the ends of the ribs attached, together with the internal flesh between it and the kidneys, and also the flesh above it throughout the whole length of the sides, are removed. The portion of the carcass thus cut out is in the form of a wedge. The breadth of the interior consisting of the breadth of the spine, and about an inch of the ribs on each side, being diminished to about half an inch at the exterior or skin along the back. The breastbone, and also the first anterior rib, are also dissected from the side. Sometimes the whole ribs are removed, but this, for reasons afterwards to be noticed, is a very bad practice. When the hams are cured separately from the sides, which is generally the case, they are cut out so as to include the hock bone, in a similar manner to the London mode of cutting a haunch of mutton. The carcass of the hog, thus cut up, is ready for being salted, which process, in large caring establishments, is usually as follows. The skin side of the pork is rubbed over with a mixture of fifty parts by weight of salt and one part of saltpetre in powder, and the incised parts of the ham or flitch and the inside of the flitch covered with the same. The salted bacon, in pairs of flitches with the insides to each other, is piled one pair of flitches above another on benches slightly inclined and furnished with spouts or troughs to convey the brine to receivers in the floor of the salting house to be afterward used for pickling pork for navy purposes. In this state the bacon remains a fortnight, which is sufficient for flitches cut from hogs of a carcass weight less than 15 stone, 14 pounds to the stone. Flitches of a larger size, at the expiration of that time, are wiped dry and reversed in their place in the pile, having at the same time about half the first quantity of fresh dry common salt sprinkled over the inside and incised parts, after which they remain on the benches for another week. Hams, being thicker than flitches, will require, when less than 20 pounds weight, three weeks, and when above that weight, four weeks, to remain under the above-described process. The next and last process in the preparation of hams and bacon, previous to being sent to market, is drying. This is effected by hanging the flitches and hams for two or three weeks in a room heated by stoves, or in a smokehouse in which they are exposed for the same length of time to the smoke arising from the slow combustion of the sawdust of oak or other hardwood. The latter mode of completing the curing process has some advantages over the other, as by it the meat is subject to the action of creosote, a volatile oil produced by the combustion of sawdust, which is powerfully antiseptic. The process also furnishing a thin covering of resinous varnish 
excludes the air not only from the muscle, but also from the fat, thus effectually preventing the meat from becoming rusted. And the principal reason for condemning the practice of removing the ribs from the flitches of pork are that by so doing the meat becomes unpleasantly hard and pungent in the process of salting, and by being more opposed to the action of the air, becomes sooner and more extensively rusted. Notwithstanding its superior efficacy in completing the process of curing, the flavour which smoke drying imparts to meat is disliked by many persons, and it is therefore by no means the most general mode of drying adopted by mercantile curers. A very impure variety of pyrologinous acid, or vinegar made from the destructive distillation of wood, is sometimes used, on account of the highly preservative power of the creosote which it contains, and also to impart the smoke flavour. In which latter object, however, the coarse flavour of tar is given, rather than that derived from the smoke from combustion of wood. A considerable portion of the bacon and ham salted in Ireland is exported from that country, packed amongst salt, in bales, immediately from the salting process, without having been in any degree dried. In the process of salting above described, pork loses from 8 to 10 per cent of its weight, according to the size and quality of the meat, and a further diminution of weight, to the extent of 5 to 6 per cent, takes place in drying during the first fortnight after being taken out of salt so that the total loss in weight occasioned by the preparation of bacon and ham in a proper state of the market is not less on an average than 15% of the weight of the fresh pork. Collared pig's face, a breakfast or luncheon dish. 823. Ingredients. 1 pig's face, salt. For brine, 1 gallon of spring water, 1 pound of common salt, half a handful of chopped juniper berries, 6 bruised cloves, two bay leaves, a few sprigs of thyme, basil, sage, a quarter of an ounce of saltpetre. For force meat, half a pound of ham, half a pound of bacon, one teaspoonful of mixed spices, pepper to taste, quarter of a pound of lard, one tablespoonful of minced parsley, six young onions. Mode. Singe the head carefully, bone it without breaking the skin, and rub it well with salt. Make the brine by boiling the above ingredients for a quarter of an hour, and letting it stand to cool. When cold, pour it over the head, and let it steep in this for ten days, turning and rubbing it often. Then wipe, drain, and dry it. For the forcemeat, pound the ham and bacon very finely, and mix with these the remaining ingredients, taking care that the whole is thoroughly incorporated. Spread this equally over the head, Roll it tightly in a cloth, and bind it securely with broad tape. Put it into a saucepan with a few meat trimmings, and cover it with stock. Let it simmer gently for four hours, and be particular that it does not stop boiling the whole time. When quite tender, take it up, put it between two dishes with a heavy weight on top, and when cold, remove the cloth and tape. It should be sent to table on a napkin, or garnished with a piece of deep white paper with a ruche at the top. Time, 4 hours. Average cost, from 2 shillings to 2 shillings and sixpence. Seasonable, from October to March. The Wild and Domestic Hog The domestic hog is the descendant of a race long since banished from this island, and it is remarkable 
that while the tamed animal has been and is kept under surveillance, the wild type whence this race sprang has maintained itself in its ancient freedom, the fierce denizen of the forest, and one of the renowned beasts of the chase. Whatever doubt may exist as to the true origin of the dog, the horse, the ox, and others, or as to whether their original race is yet extant or not, these doubts do not apply to the domestic hog. Its wild source still exists, and is universally recognised. Like the wolf, however, it has been expelled from our island, but like that animal, it still roams through the vast wooded tracts of Europe and Asia. To dress pig's fry, a savoury dish. 824. Ingredients. One and a half pound of pig fry, two onions, a few sage leaves, three pounds of potatoes, pepper and salt to taste. Mode. Put the lean fry at the bottom of a pie dish, sprinkle over it some minced sage and onion and a seasoning of pepper and salt. Slice the potatoes, put a layer of these on the seasoning, then the fat fry, then more seasoning, and a layer of potatoes at the top. Fill the dish with boiling water and bake for two hours or rather longer. Time, rather more than two hours. Average cost sixpence per pound. Sufficient for three or four persons. Seasonable from October to March. To melt lard, 825. Melt the inner fat of the pig by putting it in a stone jar and placing this in a saucepan of boiling water, previously stripping off the skin. Let it simmer gently over a bright fire, and as it melts, pour it carefully from the sediment. Put it into small jars or bladders for use, and keep it in a cool place. The fleed, or inside fat of the pig, before it is melted, makes exceedingly light crust, and is particularly wholesome. It may be preserved a length of time by salting it well, and occasionally changing the brine. When wanted for use, wash and wipe it, and it will answer for making into paste as well as fresh lard. Average cost, 10 pence per pound. Boiled leg of pork, 826. Ingredients, leg of pork, salt. Mode, for boiling, choose a small, compact, well-filled leg and rub it well with salt. Let it remain in a pickle for a week or ten days, turning and rubbing it every day. An hour before dressing it, put it into cold water for an hour, which improves the colour. If the pork is purchased ready salted, ascertain how long the meat has been in the pickle, and soak it accordingly. Put it into a boiling pot with sufficient cold water to cover it. Let it gradually come to the boil, and remove the scum as it rises. Simmer it very gently until tender, and do not allow it to boil fast, or the knuckle will fall to pieces before the middle of the leg is done. Carrots, turnips or parsnips may be boiled with the pork, some of which should be laid around the dish as a garnish. And a well-made piece pudding is an indispensable accompaniment. Time. A leg of pork weighing eight pounds, three hours after the water boils, and to be simmered very gently. Average cost, ninepence per pound. Sufficient for seven or eight persons. Seasonable from September to March. Note. The liquor in which a leg of pork has been boiled 
makes excellent pea soup. Antiquity of the hog. The hog has survived changes which have swept multitudes of pachydermaceous animals from the surface of our earth. It still presents the same characteristics, both physical and moral, which the earliest writers, whether sacred or profane, have faithfully delineated. Although the domestic has been more or less modified by long culture, yet the wild species remains unaltered, insomuch that the fossil relics may be identified with the bones of their existing descendants. Roast griskin of pork, 827. Ingredients, pork, a little powdered sage. Mode, as this joint frequently comes to table hard and dry, particular care should be taken that it is well basted. Put it down to a bright fire and flour it. About ten minutes before taking it up, sprinkle over some powdered sage. Make a little gravy in the dripping pan, strain it over the meat, and serve with a tureen of apple sauce. This joint will be done in far less time than when the skin is left on. Consequently, should have the greatest attention that it be not dried up. Time. Griskin of pork weighing six pounds, one and a half hours. Average cost. Seven pence per pound. Sufficient for five or six persons. Seasonable from September to March. Note. A spare rib of pork is roasted in the same manner as above and would take one and a half hours for one weighing about six pounds. Larding. 828. Ingredients. Bacon and larding needle. Mode. Bacon for larding should be firm and fat, and ought to be cured without any saltpetre, as this reddens white meat. Lay it on to a table, the rind downward, trim off any rusty part, and cut it into slices of an equal thickness. Place the slices one on top of each other, and cut them evenly into narrow strips, so arranging it that every piece of bacon is of the same size. Bacon for fricandeau, poultry and game should be about two inches in length, and rather more than one-eighth of an inch in width. If for larding fillets of beef or loin of veal, the pieces of bacon must be thicker. The following recipe of soya is, we think, very explicit. By following the directions here given, may be able to lard, if not well, sufficiently for general use. Have the fricandeau trimmed. Lay it lengthwise upon a clean napkin across your hand, forming a kind of bridge with your thumb at the part you are about to commence at. Then, with the point of the larding needle, make three distinct lines across half an inch apart. Run the needle into the third line, at the further side of the fricandeau, and bring it out at the first. Placing one of the lardoons in it, draw the needle through, leaving out a quarter of an inch of the bacon at each line. Proceed thus to the end of the row. Then, making another line half an inch distant, stick in another row of lardoons, bringing them out at the second line, leaving the ends of the bacon all the same length. Make the next row at the same distance, bringing the ends out between the lardoons of the first row. Proceeding in this manner until the whole surface is larded in chequered rows. Everything else is larded in a similar way. And in the case of poultry, hold the breast over a charcoal fire for one minute, or dip it into boiling water, in order to make the flesh firm. Roast loin of pork. 
829. Ingredients. Pork, a little salt. Mode. Score the skin in strips more than a quarter of an inch apart, and place the joint at a good distance from the fire, on account of the crackling, which would harden before the meat would be heated through were it placed too near. If very lean, it should be rubbed over with a little salad oil, and kept well basted all the time it is at the fire. Pork should be very thoroughly cooked, but not dry. And be careful never to send it to the table the least underdone, as nothing is more unwholesome and disagreeable than underdressed white meats. Serve with an apple sauce, number 363, and a little gravy made in a dripping pan. A stuffing of sage and onion may be made separately, and baked in a flat dish. This method is better than putting it in the meat, as many persons have so great an objection to the flavour. Time. A loin of pork weighing five pounds, about two hours. Allow more time should it be very fat. Average cost, ninepence per pound. Sufficient for five or six persons. Seasonable from September to March. Fossil remains of the hog. In British strata, the oldest fossil remains of the hog, which Professor Owen states that he has examined, were from fissures in the Red Crag, probably Miocene, of Newbourne, near Woodbridge, Suffolk. They are associated with the teeth of an extinct felix, about the size of a leopard, with those of a bear, and with the remains of a large cervus. These mammalian remains were found with the ordinary fossils of the Red Crag. They had undergone the same process of trituration and were impregnated with the same colouring matter as the associated bones and teeth of fishes acknowledged to be derived from the regular strata of the red crag. These mammaliferous beds have been proved by Mr Lyle to be older than the Fluvia marine or Norwich crag, in which the remains of the mastodon, rhinoceros and horse have been discovered and still older than the freshwater Pleistocene deposits, from which the remains of the mammoth, rhinoceros, etc., are obtained in such abundance. I have met, says the professor, in addition, with some satisfactory instance of the association of fossil remains of a species of hog with those of the mammoth, in the newer Pliocene freshwater formations of England. To dry pig's cheeks. 830. Ingredients. Salt. 4 ounces of saltpetre. 2 ounces of bay salt. 4 ounces of coarse sugar. Mode. Cut out the snout. Remove the brains and split the head, taking off the upper bone to make the jowl a good shape. Rub it well with salt. Next day take away the brine and salt it again the following day. Cover the head with saltpetre, bay salt and coarse sugar in the above proportion, adding a little common salt. Let the head be often turned, and when it has been in pickle for ten days, smoke it for a week or rather longer. Time. To remain in the pickle ten days, to be smoked one week. Seasonal. Should be made from September to March. Note. A pig's cheek, or bath chap, will take about two hours after the water boils. Pig's liver. A savoury and economical dish. Ingredients. The liver and lights of a pig, six or seven slices of bacon, potatoes, one large bunch of parsley, two onions, two sage leaves, 
pepper and salt to taste, a little broth or water. Mode. Slice the liver and lights, and wash these perfectly clean, and parboil the potatoes. Mince the parsley and sage, and chop the onion rather small. Put the meat, potatoes and bacon into a deep tin dish, in alternating layers, with a sprinkling of the herbs and a seasoning of pepper and salt between each. Pour on a little water or broth, and bake in a moderately heated oven for two hours. Time, two hours. Average cost, one and sixpence. Sufficient for six or seven persons. Seasonable from September to March. Pig's Petit Toes, 832. Ingredients. A thin slice of bacon, one onion, one blade of mace, six peppercorns, three or four sprigs of thyme, one pint of gravy, pepper and salt to taste, thickening of butter and flour. Mode. Put the liver, hearts and pettitoes into a stew pan with the bacon, mace, peppercorns, thyme, onion and gravy, and simmer these gently for a quarter of an hour. Then take out the heart and liver, and mince them very fine. Keep stewing the feet until quite tender, which will be in from twenty minutes to half an hour, reckoning from the time they boiled up first. Then put back the minced liver, thicken the gravy with a little butter and flour, season with pepper and salt, and simmer over a gentle fire for five minutes, occasionally stirring the contents. Dish the mince, split the feet, and arrange them round alternatively with sippets of toasted bread, and pour the gravy in the middle. Time, altogether, 40 minutes. Sufficient for three or four persons. Seasonable from September to March. To pickle pork. 833. Ingredients. One quarter of a pound of saltpetre and salt. Mode. As pork does not keep long without being salted, Cut it into pieces of a suitable size as soon as the pig is cold. Rub the pieces of pork well with salt, and put them into a pan with a sprinkling of it between each piece. As it melts on the top, strew on more. Lay a coarse cloth over the pan, a board over that, and a weight on the board, to keep the pork down in the brine. If excluded from air, it will continue good for nearly two years. Average cost. Tenpence per pound for the prime parts. Seasonable. The best time for pickling meat is late in the autumn. The universality of the hog. A singular circumstance in the domestic history of the hog is the extent of its distribution over the surface of the earth, being found even in insulated places where the inhabitants are semi-barbarous and where the wild species is entirely unknown. The South Sea Islands, for example, were found on their discovery to be well stocked with a small black hog, and the traditionary belief of the people was that these animals were coeval with the origin of themselves. Yet they possessed no knowledge of the wild boar, or any other animal of the hog kind, from which the domestic breed might be supposed to be derived. In these islands the hog is the principal quadruped, and the fruit of the bread tree is also its principal food although it is also fed with yams, eddos, and other vegetables. This nutritious diet, which it has in great abundance, is, according to Foster, the reason of its flesh being so delicious, so full of juice, and so rich in fat, which is not less delicate to the taste than finest butter. 
To boil pickled pork. 834. Ingredients. Pork and water. Mode. Should the pork be very salt, let it remain in water about two hours before it is dressed. Put it into a saucepan with sufficient cold water to cover it. Let it gradually come to a boil, then gently simmer until quite tender. Allow ample time for it to cook, as nothing is more disagreeable than underdone pork. And when it boils fast, the meat becomes hard. This is sometimes served with boiled poultry and roast veal, instead of bacon. When tender, and not over salt, it will be found equally good. Time. A piece of pickled pork weighing two pounds, one and a quarter hours, four pounds, rather more than two hours. Average cost, ten pence per pound for the primus parts. Seasonable at any time. The Antiquity of the Hog By what nation and in what period the hog was reclaimed is involved in the deepest obscurity. So far back as we have any records of history, we find notices of this animal, and of its flesh being used as the food of man. By some nations, however, its flesh was denounced as unclean, and therefore prohibited to be used, while by others it was esteemed as a great delicacy. By the Mosaic law it was forbidden to be eaten by the Jews, and the Mohammedans hold it in utter abhorrence. Dr. Kitto, however, says that there does not appear to be any reason in the law of Moses why the hog should be held in such peculiar abomination. There seems nothing to have prevented the Jews, if they had been so inclined, to rear pigs for sale, or for the use of the land. In the Talmud there are some indications that this was actually done, and it was probably for such purposes that the herds of swine mentioned in the New Testament were kept although it is usual to consider that they were kept by the foreign settlers in the land. Indeed, the story which accounts for the peculiar aversion of the Hebrews to the hog assumes that it did not originate until some 130 years before Christ, and that previously some Jews were in the habit of rearing hogs for the purposes indicated. Pork Pies, Warwickshire Recipe Ingredients For the Crust five pounds of lard to every fourteen pounds of flour, milk and water. For filling the pies, to every three pounds of meat allow one ounce of salt, two and a quarter ounces of pepper, a small quantity of cayenne, one pint of water. Mode. Rub into the flour a portion of the lard. The remainder put with sufficient milk and water to mix the crust and boil this gently for a quarter of an hour. Pour it boiling on the flour, and knead and beat it till perfectly smooth. Now raise the crust in either a round or oval form, cut up the pork into pieces the size of a nut, season it with the above proportion, and press it compactly into the pie in alternate layers of fat and lean, and pour in a small quantity of water. Lay on the lid, cut the edges smoothly round, and pinch them together. Bake in a brick oven, which should be slow, as the meat is very solid. Very frequently, the inexperienced cook finds much difficulty in raising the crust. She should bear in mind that it must not be allowed to get cold or it will fall immediately. To prevent this, the operation should be performed as near the fire as possible. As considerable dexterity and expertness are necessary to raise the crust with the hand only, 
A glass bottle or small jar may be placed in the middle of the paste, and the crust moulded on this. But be particular that it is to be kept warm the whole time. Sufficient. The proportions for one pie are one pound of flour and three pounds of meat. Seasonable from September to March. The flesh of swine in hot climates. It is observed by Monsieur Sonini that the flesh of swine in hot climates is considered unwholesome, and therefore may account for its proscription by the legislators and priests of the East. In Egypt, Syria, and even the southern parts of Greece, although both white and delicate, it is so flabby and surcharged with fat that it disagrees with the strongest stomachs. Abstinence from in general was therefore indispensable to health under the burning suns of Egypt and Arabia. The Egyptians were permitted to eat it only once a year, on the Feast of the Moon, and then they sacrificed a number of these animals to that planet. At other seasons, should any one even touch a hog, he was obliged immediately to plunge into the river Nile, as he stood, with his clothes on, in order to purify himself from the supposed contamination he had contracted by the touch. Little Raised Pork Pies 836. Ingredients 2 pounds of flour, half a pound of butter, half a pound of mutton suet, salt and white pepper to taste. Four pounds of the neck of pork, one dessertspoonful of powdered sage. Mode. Well dry the flour, mince the suet, and put these with the butter into a saucepan to be made hot, and add a little salt. When melted, mix it up into a stiff paste, and put it before the fire with a cloth over it, till ready to make up. Chop the pork into small pieces, season it with white pepper, salt and powdered sage. Divide the paste into rather small pieces, raise it in a round or oval form, fill with the meat and bake in a brick oven. These pies will require a fiercer oven than those in the preceding recipe, as they are made so much smaller and consequently do not require so soaking a heat. Time, if made small, about one and a half hours. Seasonable from September to March. Swine herds of antiquity. From the prejudice against the hog amongst the ancients, those who tended them formed an isolated class and were esteemed as the outcasts of society. However much the flesh of the animal was esteemed by the Greeks and Romans, yet the swine herd is not mentioned by either the classic writers or the poets who, in ancient Greece and Rome, painted rural life. We have no descriptions of gods or heroes descending to the occupation of keeping swine. The swine herd is never introduced into the idols of Theocritus, nor has Virgil admitted him into his eclogues. The Eumaeus of Homer is the only exception that we have of a swine herd meeting with favour in the eyes of a poet of antiquity. This may be accounted for on the supposition that the prejudices of the Egyptians relative to this class of men extended to both Greece and Italy and imparted a bias to popular opinion. To make sausages. Author's Oxford Recipe. 837. Ingredients. One pound of pork, fat and lean, without skin or gristle. One pound of lean veal, one pound of beef suet, 
half a pound of bread crumbs, the rind of half a lemon, one small nutmeg, six sage leaves, one teaspoonful of pepper, two teaspoonfuls of salt, half a teaspoonful of savoury, half a teaspoonful of marjoram. Mode. Chop the pork, veal and suet finely together. Add the bread crumbs, lemon peel, which should be well minced, and a small nutmeg grated. Wash and chop the sage leaves very finely. Add these with the remaining ingredients to the sausage meat. And when thoroughly mixed, either put the meat into skins, or, when wanted for table, form into little cakes which should be floured and fried. Average cost for this quantity, two shillings and sixpence. Sufficient for about 30 moderate-sized sausages. Seasonable from October to March. The Hog in England. From time immemorial in England, this animal has been esteemed as of the highest importance. In the Anglo-Saxon period, vast herds of swine were tended by men who watched over their safety and who collected them under shelter at night. At that time, the flesh of the animal was the staple article of consumption in every family, and a large portion of the wealth of the rich freemen of the country consisted of these animals. Hence it was common to make bequests of swine, with lands for their support, and to these were attached rights and privileges in connection with their feeding, and the extent of woodland to be occupied by a given number was granted in accordance with established rules. This is proved by an ancient Saxon grant, quoted by Sharon Turner, in his History of the Anglo-Saxons, where the right of pasturage is conveyed in a deed by the following words. I give food for seventy swine in that woody allotment which the countrymen called Wolferdenley. Fried Sausages 838 Ingredients Sausages A small piece of butter Mode Prick the sausages with a fork. This prevents them from bursting and put them in a frying pan with a small piece of butter. Keep moving the pan about and turn the sausages three or four times. In from 10 to 12 minutes they will be sufficiently cooked unless they are very large when a little more time should be allowed for them. Dish them with or without a piece of toast under them and serve very hot. In some countries sausages are boiled and served on toast. They should be plunged into boiling water and simmered for about 10 or 12 minutes. Time, 10 to 12 minutes. Average cost, 10 pence per pound. Seasonable, good from September to March. Note, sometimes in close warm weather, sausages very soon turn sour. To prevent this, put them in an oven for a few minutes with a small piece of butter to keep them moist. When wanted for table, they will not require so long frying as uncooked sausages. The Saxon Swine Herd The men employed in herding swine during the Anglo-Saxon period of our history were, in general, thralls or born slaves of the soil, who were assisted by powerful dogs, capable even of singly contending with the wolf, until his master came along with his spear to the rescue. In the Ivanhoe of Sir Walter Scott, we have an admirable picture in the character of Gurth, an Anglo-Saxon swineherd, as we have also of his master, 
a large landed proprietor, a great proportion of whose wealth consisted of swine, and whose rude but plentiful board was liberally supplied with the flesh. Sausage Meat Cakes 839. Ingredients To every pound of lean pork add three quarters of a pound of fat bacon, quarter of an ounce of salt, one saltspoonful of pepper, quarter of a teaspoonful of grated nutmeg, one teaspoonful of minced parsley. Mode. Remove from the pork all the gristle, skin and bone, and chop it finely with the bacon. Add the remaining ingredients and carefully mix together. Pound it well in a mortar, make it into convenient sized cakes. Flour these and fry them a nice brown for about 10 minutes. This is a very simple method of making sausage meat, and on trial will prove very good. Its great recommendation being that it is so easily made. Time, 10 minutes. Seasonable from March to September. To scald a sucking pig, 840. Put the pig into cold water directly it is killed. Let it remain for a few minutes, then immerse it in a large pan of boiling water for two minutes. Take it out, lay it on a table, and pull off the hair as quickly as possible. When the skin looks clean, make a slit down the belly, take out the entrails, well clean the nostrils and ears, wash the pig in cold water, and wipe it thoroughly dry. Take off the feet at the first joint, and loosen and leave sufficient skin to turn neatly over. If not to be dressed immediately, fold it in a wet cloth to keep it from the air. The Learned Pig That the pig is capable of education is a fact long known to the world, and though, like the ass, naturally stubborn and obstinate, that he is equally amenable with other animals to caresses and kindnesses has been shown from very remote time. The best modern evidence of his docility, however, is the instance of the learned pig, first exhibited about a century since, but which has been continued down to our own time by repeated instances of an animal who will put together all the letters or figures that compose the day, month, hour, and date of the exhibition, beside many other unquestioned evidences of memory. The instance already given of breaking a sow into a pointer till she became more stanch ever than the dog itself, though surprising, is far less wonderful than that evidence of education where so generally obtuse an animal may be taught not only to spell, but couple figures and give dates. Roast Sucking Pig 841 Ingredients Pig, 6 ounces of bread crumbs, 6 sage leaves, pepper and salt to taste, a piece of butter the size of an egg, salad oil or butter to baste with, about half a pint of gravy, one tablespoonful of lemon juice. Mode. A sucking pig, to be eaten in perfection, should not be more than three weeks old, and should be dressed the same day as it is killed. After preparing the pig for cooking, as in the preceding recipe, stuff it with finely grated bread crumbs, minced sage, pepper, salt, and a piece of butter the size of an egg, all of which should be well mixed together and put into the body of the pig. Sew up the slit neatly, and truss the legs back to allow the insides to be roasted and the underpart to be crisp. Put the pig down to a bright clear fire, not too near, and let it lie until thoroughly dry.
Then have ready some butter tied up in a piece of thin cloth, and rub the pig with this in every part. Keep it well rubbed with the butter the whole of the time it is roasting, and do not allow the crackling to become blistered or burnt. When half done, hang a pig iron before the middle part. If this is not obtainable, use a flat iron, to prevent it being scorched and dried up before the ends are done. Before it is taken from the fire, cut off the head, and part that and the body down the middle. Chop the brains and mix them with the stuffing. Add half a pint of good gravy, a tablespoonful of lemon juice, and the gravy that flowed from the pig. Put a little of this on the dish with the pig, and the remainder sent to table in a tureen. Place the pig back to back in the dish, with one half of the head on each side, and one of the ears at each end and send it to table as hot as possible. Instead of butter, many cooks take salad oil for basting, which makes the crackling crisp, and as this is one of the principal things to be considered, perhaps it is desirable to use it. But be particular that it is very pure, or it will impart an unpleasant flavour to the meat. The brains and stuffing may be stirred into a tureen of melted butter instead of gravy, when the latter is not liked. Apple sauce and the old-fashioned currant sauce are not yet quite obsolete as an accompaniment to roast pig. Time. One and a half to two hours for a small pig. Average cost, five to six shillings. Sufficient for nine or ten persons. Seasonable from September to February. How roast pig was discovered. Charles Lamb, who in the early part of this century delighted the reading public by his quaint prose sketches, written under the title of Essays of a Liar, has, in his own quiet, humorous way, devoted one paper to the subject of roast pig, and more especially to that luxurious and toothsome dainty known as crackling, and shows, in a manner peculiarly his own, how crackling first came into the world. According to this erudite authority, man in the golden age, or at all events the primitive age, ate his pork and bacon raw, as indeed he did his beef and mutton. Unless, as Hodebras tells us, he was an epicure, when he used to make a saddle of his saddle of mutton, and after spreading it on his horse's back, and riding on it for a few hours till thoroughly warmed, he sat down to the luxury of a dish cooked to a turn. At the epoch of the story, however, a citizen of some Scythian community had the misfortune to have his hut, or that portion of it containing his livestock of pigs, burnt down. In going over the debris on the following day, and picking out all the available salvage, the proprietor touched something unusually or unexpectedly hot, which caused him to shake his hand with great energy, and clap the tips of his suffering fingers to his mouth. The act was simple and natural, but the result was wonderful. He rolled his eyes in ecstatic pleasure, his frame distended, and conscious of a celestial odour, his nostrils widened, and, while drawing in deep inspirations of the ravishing perfume, he sucked his fingers with a gusto he had never, in his most hungry moments, conceived. Clearing away the rubbish from beneath him, he at last brought to view the carcass of one of his pigs, roasted to death. Stooping down to examine this curious object, and touching its body, a fragment of the bird's skin was detached, which, with a sort of superstitious dread, he at length, and in a spirit of philosophical inquiry, 
put into his mouth. Ye gods, the felicity he then enjoyed, no pen can chronicle. Then it was that he, the world, first tasted, crackling, like a miser with his gold, the side then hid his treasure from the prying eyes of the world, and feasted in secret more sumptuously than the gods. When he had eaten up all his pig, the poor man fell into a melancholy. He refused the most tempting steak, though cooked on the horse's back, and turned every half hour after his own favourite recipe. He fell, in fact, from his appetite, and was reduced to a shadow, till, unable longer to endure the torments of memory he hourly suffered, he rose one night and secretly set fire to his hut, and once more was restored to flesh and manhood. Finding it impossible to live in future without roast pig, he set fire to his house every time his larder became empty, till at last his neighbours, scandalised by the frequency of these incendiary acts, brought his conduct before the supreme council of the nation. To avert the penalty that awaited him, he brought his judges to the smouldering ruins, and discovering the secret, invited them to eat, which having done with tears of gratitude, the august synod embraced him, and with an overflowing feeling of ecstasy, dedicated a statue to the memory of the man who first instituted roast pork. Pork Carving Sucking Pig 842 A sucking pig seems, at first sight, rather an elaborate dish, or rather animal, to carve. But by carefully mastering the details of the business, every difficulty will vanish, and, if a partial failure be at first made, yet all embarrassment will quickly disappear on a second trial. A sucking pig is usually sent to table in the manner shown in the engraving, and also in coloured plate S, and the first point to be attended to is to separate the shoulder from the carcass by carrying the knife quickly and neatly round the circular line, as shown by the figures 1, 2, 3. The shoulder will then easily come away. The next step is to take off the leg, and this is done in the same way, by cutting round this joint in the direction shown by the figures 1, 2, 3, in the same way as the shoulder. The ribs then stand fairly open to the knife, which should be carried down in the direction of the line 4 to 5, and two or three helpings will dispose of these. The other half of the pig is served, of course, in the same manner. Different parts of the pig are variously esteemed, some preferring the flesh of the neck, others the ribs, and others again the shoulders. The truth is, the whole of a sucking pig is delicious, delicate eating, but in carving it, the host should consult the various tastes and fancies of his guests, keeping the larger joints generally for the gentlemen of the party. Ham 843 in cutting ham, the carver must be guided according as he desires to practice economy, or have at once fine slices out of the prime part. Under the first supposition, he will commence at the knuckle end, and cut off thin slices towards the thick part of the ham. To reach the choicer portion, the knife, which must be very sharp and thin, should be carried quite down to the bone, in the direction of the line 1 to 2. The slices should be thin and even, and always cut down to the bone. There are some who like to carve a ham by cutting a hole at the top, and then slicing pieces off inside the hole, gradually enlarging the circle. 
but we think this is a plan not to be recommended. A ham, when hot, is usually sent to table with a paper ruffle around the knuckle. When cold, it is shown in the manner shown by coloured plate P. Leg of pork, 844. This joint, which is such a favourite one with many people, is easy to carve. The knife should be carried sharply down to the bone, clean through the crackling, in the direction of the line 1 to 2. Sago and onion and apple sauce are usually sent to table with this dish. Sometimes the leg of pork is stuffed, and the guests should be asked if they will have either or both. A frequent plan, and we think a good one, is now pursued, of sending sage and onion to table separately from the joint as it is not everybody to whom the flavour of this stuffing is agreeable. Note. The other dishes of pork do not call for any special remark as to their carving or helping. End of section 38